0: Hey, what's going on everyone and welcome to the first episode of Backhand Banter. I'm your host, Sean Mithil, and today i want to be talking about this year's Australian Open. I'll talk about some key players and give my draw predictions. Without any further ado, let's get right into it. Alrighty everyone, now I want to start by talking about How I see Rafael Nadal's journey through the Australian Open going, kind of just talking about my prediction for him, where I see him ending up uh, in this year's Australian Open. And to do that, I want to take you back to the United Cup, where that kind of gave me some insight to where Rafa is at with his injuries right now. Uh, Losing both those matches definitely showed that his injuries and just him getting older continues to be his biggest problem, and. We could even see that last year, though, in the 2022 season. You saw in the Australian Open, he won that. In the French Open, he won that. He did very good in that first half of the season last year. And then as the second half um, continued on, Wimbledon obviously got injured, and then he just never was able to get back to that level he had um, at, in the first half of the season. And I kind of expect the Australian Open this year to be similar to the 2022 U.S. Open, for Rafa at least. Um, And when we look at this year's Australian Open, it's a tough draw for Rafa. He has to play Jack Draper, one of the next um, up-and-comers in this first-round match. And although he's never played Draper, Draper has already proven that he can play with the best players. And he's had a decent start to this season already. And Draper is a very good skill set. And like I said, Rafa just physically is in inferior shape compared to Draper. And I still think that Rafa is going to be able to beat Draper. In my draw, I have Rafa beating Draper. And that's just because, I mean, Rafa is incredibly intelligent. He has the experience. And I mean, Rafa is Rafa. I mean, 22 slams and one of the greatest players of all time. It's... It's Rafa Nadal. Like, I expect him to win. Even though he has injuries, I still expect him to come through with the dub. But, with Rafa, it's very uncertain right now. Nobody truly knows what's going on. Not even Rafa knows what's going to happen. So, it's very questionable what could happen, and we just gotta wait and see. But, assuming that he wins his first match, then he's going into the second round... And I have him playing Brandon Nakashima in the second round. Now, he if he makes the second round, he would either play Nakashima or Mackenzie McDonald. Between that matchup, I have Nakashima, so I'd say Rafa versus Nakashima in the second round. Now, like I said, the question is: Can Rafa sustain his level throughout the Australian Open, through his worn-down body, through his injuries? Is he able to just maintain his level? And I think that it'll be tough for him, for sure. And Nakashima, obviously being a great player, won the next-gen ATB Finals last year, has just shown that he's, again, one of these up-and-comers. There's a lot of these young guys. Um, but I still predict that it's still early in the, in the tournament, so I think Nadal could definitely still pull through against Nakashima. And, I mean, it's going to be tough for Rafa, though. Uh, I'd say four setter. I, I could see it being a five-setter five for sure, so it's going to be tough. But let's say Rafa pulls through that one; it's not going to be no. It's going to be nowhere near as tough as what I have um, predicted for Rafa's third-round match, uh, assuming he wins his second again. I have Nadal playing Nishioka in the third round. Now. Nishioka is good. We saw last year Nishioka had uh, a few good tournaments, a few good results. Nishioka's. I mean, Nishioka's a machine, I'm going to be honest. He, he gets everything back. Like, it doesn't matter where the ball is. He could be on the opposite side of the court. He is chasing it down and getting it back. And that's why this match is going to be very difficult on Nadal. If Nadal plays Nishioka, Nadal is going to have to work. Really, really hard. Harder than either of the first two matches because when you play someone who just gets everything back and does not miss and will not miss, Rafa's going to need to do the exact same thing. And Rafa already does that. But Rafa's also going to need to hurt Nishioka and just take him apart, basically. And that's why I have Nadal beating Nishioka even though it'll be very tough on Nadal. I have him beating Nishioka, though, because the thing that Nishioka can't do is that he can't really hurt Nadal. Nishioka can 100% make a ton of balls, but he cannot hurt Nadal as much as Nadal can hurt him, and I think that that's the deciding factor right there between them two, and that's why I have Nadal pulling through versus Nishioka. Now, let's say Nadal does get through um, to the fourth round. Now, I have him playing Francis Tiafo in the fourth round. and, and also Tiafo's game style is different than the other three players that not that uh, Nadal would have had to play. Uh, Tiafo kind of has this more aggressive uh, first strike kind of um, game style. He has, I think from the US Open just some newly found confidence and just determination to win a grand slam and that can go a long way. One of my most uh, vivid memories from last year's US Open is watching the interview uh, after Tiafa lost, and he, tears were streaming down his face, and he said how he felt like he let uh, America down, and he said he's going to come back and win this thing one day. Those are his words, and I know the Australian Open is not the US Open, but he had but he even said himself that he, he showed what, that he has what it takes to win a Grand Slam. And I think that he really wants to put in the work that it takes to get there. Anyway, moving on, I want to talk a little bit about uh Novak Djokovic. Um in my draw, I'm gonna be honest, I haven't winning the entire thing. But I mean that's not really a shocker, is it? I mean it's Novak Djokovic, he he's just better than everybody else. When you're Novak and you have won the Australian Open 9 times, 21 total slams, 92 ATP titles, 6th time champion of the NITO ATP finals, uh, already undefeated this year. I mean, like, when, when you've done all that, and you've been, like, one number one for, like, hundreds of weeks, it's, like, close to 400 now. When you've done all of that, it's kind of hard to not say you're going to win a match. So that's kind of why I have Novak winning. I mean, it's Novak Djokovic, you guys know. Uh, He's actually also in a three-way run right now for the world number one spot. Uh, Him, Rude, and Tsitsipas are all in the running. And depending on what happens in Melbourne, uh, we could see a change in the uh, world number one position. But another player that I want to touch on is uh, Nick Kyrgios. He's mentioned in recent interviews that he wants to keep up what he did last year, and if he keeps up, and if he uh, keeps up what he did last year, I could definitely see him producing similar results this year. Whatever he did last year, it worked, and if he does it again this year, I, I would expect similar results. But I do not expect him to go as far as you may expect in the Australian Open, and that's mainly because of. Who he would have, who he would likely have to face in the third round, um, if he gets to that point. So, assuming that Kiros gets to the third round, he would likely have to play Holger Rune. If he has to play Holger Rune, I do not see him winning that matchup uh, for a few reasons. Holger Rune, I mean, his passion, like Holger's passion for the sport is incredible. He cares so much about tennis and that's evident in how he plays. He works so hard cuz he cares so much and he wants to win so badly. And that's truly admirable. And Holger's uh game just last year you could see how like ele- how quickly it elevated to like such an elite level and he was able to just beat anybody. And I think that last year was just that breakthrough year, and I would say that the 2022 season for Holgerun jump-started his entire career. Um, Last year, when he won his first title in Munich, I I could see before Munich, he didn't have great results. His results were kind of mediocre, was losing quite a bit. Then he won his first title in Munich. And then after Munich, he started to have better results, quarterfinal than the French Open. And then after that, he won Stockholm. And then after that, he won Paris. And then he's and then he beat like in Paris. He'd be like hercotch Rublev, Alkaraz, Azraem, and Djokovic. Like, those are all very, very good players. And he was just on a roll, and I expect that momentum to keep up um into the twenty twenty three season into the Australian Open. Now he did lose his uh he did lose to Nishioka uh, this year already, but it's one match at the end of the day. I could see him definitely keeping up that momentum that he had last year, getting it back, working really hard, and just going far in the Australian Open. And then i, I that's what kind of why I have him. That's why I see Holger Room beating Kyrgios uh, in the third round. But it's going to be a match to watch because if Kyrgios does what Kyrgios does, I mean... <laughs> If Kyrgios does kind of what he did to Sitsipas in Wimbledon uh, last year, then I could see things getting difficult for Holger. Um, if Holger is able to control his emotions in that match, able to block out the pressure, block out any distractions, I think that it's going to be very beneficial for him. Uh, on the contrary, if he is not able to do that, then it's going to be. A difficult match for him as well so if that matchup occurs that's one to watch for sure now i do want to talk a little bit about uh my australian open draw uh in a broad sense so i'll probably just start like the quarterfinals so in the quarterfinals i have francis tiafa playing daniel Medvedev, uh yannick sinner playing felix auger aliasim uh holger Rune playing novak Djokovic, and taylor fritz playing Casper rude now, all these guys are capable of winning a Grand Slam, two of which have already done that. Obviously, we know Djokovic and Medvedev, um, and Kaspar Ruud has made the finals of two Grand Slams, and that's why I definitely could see him getting, to, I could see him in the finals for this one, but he is on Djokovic's side of the draw, so therefore I do not see him in the finals of this one. But that's why he definitely got to the uh, quarterfinals for me and he actually gets to the semis as well in my draw and then Tiafo, I mentioned a little bit earlier why I think that he belongs here I think that he definitely has what it takes and his draw is not an easy one but his draw is going to be a fun one to watch uh his He gets to play some good players, he gets some good matches in, and he's capable of beating these great players. So he definitely belongs in the quarterfinals. And Yannick Sinner, I mean, this kid is just a beast. He is so good and has so much more ahead of him. And yes, he definitely is quarterfinal uh, quality. And Alger Aliassim, a hundred percent belongs here. He won his first four title. He won his first title last year, and he also and he won a total of four titles last year. He has improved tremendously over the past year, and he definitely is one of those new guys who's gonna take the reins once the big three are gone. And I could definitely see him uh being a grand slam champion uh, in the near future then with uh Holger Rune I um definitely I've already talked a little bit about him and yeah it's just that passion and that hard work and the momentum that I think should just going to um get him through uh to the quarterfinals and then Fritz um has had tremendous achievements over the past year And his draw works out nicely, and he definitely belongs in the quarterfinals. Uh, Usually, I probably wouldn't say that, if I'm being honest, but his draw actually works out quite nicely for him. So that's why he belongs there. So, moving into the semifinals, I then have Medvedev, Arger, Aliasim, Djokovic, and Rude. Um, I think Medvedev beating Tiafo, I think that's... I wouldn't say self-explanatory, but that's understandable for sure. And Auger uh beating Sinner. Um, that's going to be a really... If that matchup happens, that's going to be a really fun one to watch. But I'm going to give Auger Eliassime the edge there. And then Djokovic, I have beating Rune. Even though Rune beat Djokovic in Paris, you may say, I say that this is a 5-set or uh, best out of 5-sets. Um, this is where Djokovic thrives. And then Fritz versus Rude. Uh, I'm just going to say I think Rude is better. That's why I think Rude is going to take out Fritz. So then that would mean that uh, in the finals, I obviously have Djokovic as I've mentioned, and between Medvedev and Arger so I think the general answer here would be Medvedev, right? But I feel like Auger Aliassim has what it takes, and I just there's something about him that I I just, I have a hunch that he is gonna get to the finals of the Australian Open, and also I kind of want something ambitious in my draw, so I have Auger Aliassim going into the finals, so that would be Djokovic versus Auger Aliassim, and obviously like I've said like I've said I have Novak Djokovic taking the Australian Open title. Uh, this year so that's going to wrap it up for this episode I hope you guys enjoyed and I think that this Australian Open is really going to be a good one we've got some great up-and-comers to watch some great matchups to look for uh, to look forward to and I think it's just going to be a great tournament so other than that guys that's going to be it for today's episode and I will catch you guys next time